0: Rogers Arena, Kolinka, Knox Games. It is Brendan Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelor.
1: Eight oh three on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet six fifty. Halford Bruff, the morning. It's brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. As the music suggests, Brendan Bachelor is going to join us in just a second here. To kick off Hour 3, Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Canada's favorite
2: orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintec,
1: that's what? <laughs> that was an angry answer. Ah, my feet. That's my Kintec gr- I'm adding every time. Oh, um, yeah, There you go through gritted teeth. <laughs> My foot is killing me, by the way. Okay, uh, let's go to the phone lines now. The dispatch plumbing, heating, and air conditioning hotline. The first call, the only call. It's the Brendan Bachelor who's on the call tonight for the Canucks and Canes four o'clock right here on Sportsnet six fifty. What up, Batch?
3: How are you guys doing?
1: Uh, we're good. We are excited. This feels like a longer, th- I know it's only been like a little over a week, but it feels like it's been an awfully long time since we had a Canucks game to sit down and digest. Uh,
2: I feel like it's because this past sports weekend was pretty um, awful, pretty awful.
1: Bare right. bones, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Batch, uh, how much of an adjustment do you think it's going to be for Elias Lindholm to come into this lineup, a lineup that has been very successful this season, and the expectations are going to be high for this guy?
3: Yeah, it's going to be an adjustment, but I'm interested to see what that adjustment looks like and how long it takes him to get acclimated to this new group because, uh, you know, while you're right, this is a lineup that has been sort of clicking on all cylinders for most of the season, and he's joining it, coming from a team that hasn't been playing well, and he hasn't had a great individual season. Um, the pedigree of of the kind of player he is, what he brings to this lineup and particularly what he will bring to the Pedersen line when you compare it to what Andre Kuzmenko was bringing. And it might actually be more smooth of a transition than you might reasonably expect, just because, you know, I think the opportunity he's going to get to play with Pedersen, at least to start, at least that's how it looks, is a better opportunity than anything he will have seen in Calgary this year. And, you know, he is the kind of player who has the ability to make the most of that. So, you know, I think patience is going to be important with him in terms of him getting used to the systems and where he needs to be and what the expectations are for him individually for this team. But at the same time, when you put good players with good players, often good things happen, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's what we see from him and Pedersen early here.
2: Batch, did you hear he's a two hundred foot player? Did, did you hear that? Term? I have Banging heard that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, where where can he make the most? Which which, which are the two
1: hundred feet when he dominates?
2: Where, where will <laughs> where, where are you expected him to make the the most impact? Is it offensively or, or, or defensively?
3: It's it's defensively and it's it's tied to deployment because you know I think Pedersen is probably better suited to being a hard matchup centerman than JT Miller is. And, um, you know, Miller has done a good job in that role throughout this season, but now you look at the way that they've constructed the top two lines and you're comfortable with either of those lines being on the ice against the opponent's top players and in shutdown roles and, you know, key defensive zone situations and things like that. And I thought always that the thing that was holding back the Pedersen line from being deployed in that manner was Andre Kuzmenko and the fact that Tockett didn't trust him defensively and didn't want him out there in late-game situations a lot of the time. Well, you won't have that same concern with Lindholm because he is a player that has shown that he can be a top of the lineup 2 way forward, a 200-foot player as you put it. So um, the fact now that either of those top two lines, and then honestly you can throw the Bluger line in there too, with the way that they've played and say that you are completely comfortable with any of your top three lines being out there against any other line in the NHL. That's something that this team hasn't had to this point. And it's sort of the trickle down effect of adding a player like Lindholm. That is a game changing thing for your entire team, because you know, if the Miller line's tired or they've had a, a long shift, but you know the AHO line, let's say, is coming over the boards tonight, and I know it'll be different on the road because you don't have last change. You will only maybe really understand the impact of this when they return home. You're comfortable throwing the Pedersen line out there in that situation. You're comfortable throwing the Blueger line out there in that situation. And in fact, I think the most interesting thing about this road trip is going to be which matchup do these opposing coaches try to chase because none of them are great options. Like either you're sending your top guys out there against Pedersen and Lindholm, who are both great two-way players, or you're sending them out there against the Miller line, which has been very effective in shutting down top lines at times this season And Miller's a good two-way player and Suter's a good two-way player. And I don't think Besser gets enough credit for the level of two-way player that he is. Uh, and then if you're trying to get away from both of those lines, guess what? It's potentially the best third line in the NHL yeah. with the way they've played this year. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a nightmare for opposing coaches. And it's amazing how just adding one player makes that big of a difference in terms of looking at, at how this team can be deployed and how the lines will roll.
2: Is Ilya Mikheyev officially under the microscope now?
3: Yeah, I would say so, especially um, with with Niels Hoaglander having a good year and producing like that, that's what you always want to see for uh, a team like this is guys pushing from underneath to, to get more opportunity and and to get more chance up the lineup. And so, you know, now that you've got Pedersen and Lindholm, you kind of look at them as a duo and you would imagine that if things aren't going well, it's going to be the left wing spot on that line that is cycled through or rotated and we've heard Tocket mention that Garland can move up the lineup and we know Garland can play both sides. But Niels Hoaglander has found some consistency in his game as well. I know I hear from people on Twitter all the time wondering why Hoaglander isn't given a chance up the lineup. So mm-hmm. if McKayev can't find his game and, and be a good contributing member of that line then there are opportunities there for either Garland or Hoaglander to to take his spot in the top six for sure.
2: Hey, Batch, I got some play-by-play uh, updates for you in case you hadn't seen already. Uh, Peter Kachetkov is in the starter's crease for the Canes. Um, so it sounds like he'll get the nod for the Hurricanes in goal. And Andre Svechnikov... Uh, remains in a yellow no-contact jersey and is working as an extra. So that likely means he will not play. That is courtesy of Walt Ruff, who is uh, yeah. not related to Jason Ruff. Walt Ruff, <laughs> Can't be his name. who works for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So um, that's an advantage for the Canucks that they don't have to face Svechnikov. Um, this is going to be a tough stretch for the Canucks, No.
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, coming out of the All-Star break, it's going to be tough. But then you look at facing the Hurricanes, facing the Bruins. You know, they're two really good teams. Then you've got a back-to-back of, you know, matinee games on the weekend. and We know how some of those day games have given the Canucks a little bit of trouble. Couple that with the fact that I think, uh, you know, it's not fair to say that they were struggling going into the All-Star break because they had points in 11 straight games. But those last two games where – they trailed and had to have those miraculous third period comebacks to earn a point and then get a win going into the break, you know, kind of show that, that maybe things were trending in the wrong direction. Now, you know, I know Rick Talkett talked about this before the break that the break was probably coming at a perfect time for this group because they needed the rest they needed to get away. So I expect to some extent to see a re-energized Canucks group coming in with the addition of Elias Lindholm, the fact that management has you know, given them an endorsement by going out and adding a, a top-level player to the lineup. Uh, but all of those things said, these are not easy outs. We saw the Hurricanes gave the Canucks a tough game in Vancouver earlier in the season. Uh, you, we know what the Boston Bruins are capable of, and, and that'll be an interesting matchup later in the week. And then back-to-back day games have been something that, that the Canucks have struggled with. So it, it's going to be an interesting test. It wouldn't surprise me if they're able to Pass the test with flying colors, but um, for a team that hasn't faced a ton of adversity this year, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be an interesting challenge for them coming out of the break.
2: It seems like one of the messages that's really being sent by Rick Tockett, and I imagine the leadership group, is guys, let's not buy too much into all the hype around us because the Canucks were one of the main stories at the All-Star game. They had five players plus a player that they picked up uh, at the All-Star game plus their head coach. Um, There's a lot of positive press around the Canucks. And frankly, that's something they're not used to. And I imagine that for a team that has had so much success by, you know, taking things day by day and doing the hard things that you need to be successful. um, One of the things they're really cautious of is like, let's not get away from that.
3: Yeah. This is the time of the year where all of that stuff becomes that much more important because, You know, the intensity of the games increases, Um, you know, the importance of these games, not just for you, but for your opponents, uh, gets, gets more and more elevated. And, you know, this is what Rick Talkett has talked about all year long, is setting those habits in place so that you can rely on them when, you know, rubber meets the road. And we're not there yet in terms of these games being hugely important for the Canucks, but... That said, we've seen what the Oilers have done in, you know, trying to push their way back into the conversation in the Pacific Division. The Canucks have done a great job of fending them off by the way that they've played and the point streak that they've put together. But you've put in all that work, you know, you can't just let it fall by the wayside now coming out of the all-star break. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, one of the interesting things I think Rick Talkett has talked about is how, you know, this is a team that that has had some success in stretches over the last few years, right? Like they had a good stretch after talk had arrived last year. They had a good stretch when Boudreaux came in and was the head coach. And they've had a tremendous more than half of the season this year. So now you have to understand what it takes to deal with that prosperity and still carry forward and still do all the things that you need to do to have success. And you're right, not read your own headlines or buy into your own hype. And if there's one thing I know about Rick Tockett, it's that he's going to be on these guys to make sure that that doesn't happen. But to a certain extent, I would imagine it's, it's human nature at times. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do, not just coming out of this break, but over the final 30 plus games that remain here in the regular season because now to me anyway the focus shifts from what they've achieved and and how well they've played to now what can you do to best prepare yourselves to have the best chance to go on a deep playoff run and everything they do the rest of the way in my opinion anyway should be viewed within that lens including how they manage some of the headlines and some of the press that they've received.
2: Okay, Batch. One final question, and this is a really important one. Uh, you're you're <laughs> you're a you're the, the play-by-play guy. Are you going oh, yeah. with Elias Petterson and Elias Lindholm?
3: Uh, as of now, that is what I'm planning to go with. I need to have a summit with Shorty to mm. figure out uh, that we're on the same page, <laughs> uh, but uh that was one of the things where when they acquired him i was like you know what they should put the lotto line back together because i don't want to have to go Elias to elias and yeah figure all that out when they're all- like i'm sure i'll screw it up at some point so apologies in advance if mm. that's the way we stay but yes as of right now it's Elias Patterson and elias lindholm and you'll have to tune in tonight to see if it stays that way for the rest of the day
1: all right good luck batch thanks for joining us today Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, Brendan Batchelor, Canucks radio play-by-play voice, right here on Sportsnet 650, your home of the Canucks. A reminder, pregame, postgame, and the actual game all right here. It's an early start tonight because it is in Carolina. Four o'clock puck drop for the Canucks and the Hurricanes from Raleigh. Did you guys hear that? Elias Lindholm was a 200-foot player? 200-foot player? I have not heard that. Uh, I was looking for scouting reports. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm glad to know that he plays uh, the entire surface, the entire sheet. Even Lindholm know. was like, "I'm a 200 foot player." Everyone said, "Yeah, it. Rick Tocket." So it's it's Elias Lindholm, I, yeah. and Elias Petterson. There's no way that I'm going to be able to remember that or try and execute it in real time. Yeah, I'll just be calling them both Elias. I'm pretty sure, right? It it just rolls off the tongue. Lindy, Lindy and Petey. And Petey. Yeah. Lindy and Petey's fine. Yeah, and Mick. Lindy, Petey, Mick. There you go. Okay, uh, let's do
2: some What We Learns here. Uh, Reminder, get your What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650 and include the Canadian flag emoji. If you want to be entered into the competition for Rugby Sevens tickets, that's coming up in a couple of weeks at BC Place. Always a good time. Yep. Uh, the Rugby Sevens, I'll be there. I got a press pass. Are you going to dress up still in the press uh, box? Yeah. <laughs> I've never even seen the press box during <laughs> Rugby Sevens. That's and right. I'm going to walk in in some crazy uh, costume, yeah. already half cut, be like, can
0: I have my press pass, please? It'd be funny if they made all the reporters dress up. That was like part of the thing. It's like, yeah. sir, your costume, did you not get the memo? Don't Trent Crimm the independent. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. There you go.
1: Then you're you know that's a Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso reference. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Ted Lasso. I watched or? the first season of Ted Lasso and then I was like that's enough heartwarming stuff for me. Uh Trent Crimm the independent. Yeah. Okay, let's do some what we learns here. Okay, uh, I've got one. I've got one and Laddie has one. So we got three. Uh, Why don't you begin, Jason? You seem keen. Or I can begin if
2: you <laughs> like. No, I'll start. Okay. But it's kind of hilarious. Um The Chicago Blackhawks are back in the Winter Classic. What? The Chicago Blackhawks in an outdoor game? No way. Yeah. uh, They actually haven't been in the Winter Classic since 2019 when they played the Boston Bruins. Better get them back in there, then. At Notre Dame Stadium. Um, They're going to take on the Blues, and obviously there's a bit of a rivalry, a long-standing rivalry between the Hawks and the Blues. Um, The game is going to be... At Wrigley Field, here's something I actually didn't know. In the Winter Classic, the Chicago Blackhawks are tied with the Boston Bruins with four appearances each. These aren't just general outdoor games. Remember, this is the Winter Classic, the one on New
1: Year's. Um, They're 0-4. So I've got the list of all of the outdoor games in NHL history in front of me. Mm -hmm. So they were in the second-ever Winter Classic. That was at Wrigley Field. Yeah, so it's going back to Wrigley. 2009, they lost to Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Then they played in a stadium series game at Soldier Field, and they beat the Penguins, but that wasn't a Winter Classic. Then they went back to the Winter Classic. Remember that one? We were at it. Uh, National's Park in Washington D.C. Yeah, a very forgettable winter classic. You know,
2: like, oh, what a stadium! It looks new and not particularly special.
1: The biggest story, and I wrote about it, I feels like sixteen times over the course of the weekend, was the sun because that. Oh yeah, that the glare from the sun. Nationals for the for the, the Washington Nationals, Nationals Field had an issue with the glare because I guess the angle in which the sun came in caused outfielders problems. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think that had anything to do with, like, with the... I think just the sun can be a problem in these outdoor games. The ideal scenario... Is overcast with maybe a few flurries just for TV. Yeah.
1: So the other two were the Blackhawks played at uh, Busch Stadium in St. Louis, and they lost to the Blues. And then the most recent one that you mentioned, they played at Notre Dame Stadium against the Bruins mm-hmm. in South Bend, and they so, lost that one as well. So good to get them
2: back in there. Hopefully Connor Bedard is uh, healthy for that one. Otherwise, it's going to be the Jason Dickinson show. Oof. That that'll probably draw pretty good <laughs> national TV numbers in the states, right? If they're like. It's the Blues, and they're kind of retooling. And it's the Blackhawks, and Connor Bedard is hurt, but there's Jason Dickinson. Yeah. Dickinson, Kachuk, all your favorites. I actually, in all seriousness, I wonder if the Blackhawks are going to try and make some big moves. Well, I thought off-season. they were going to get
1: Kuzmenko. I thought
2: they were going to get Petey.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard yeah. that somewhere. You heard that rumor out there? Yeah, I heard U-Kal that. before we go any further. Okay.
0: I pulled up the 9 last one at Wrigley, the goaltending matchup for that one. Cristobal Huey yeah, right. against Ty Conklin. <laughs> what a matchup. What couple of behemoths The Jason Dickinson, a
1: goaltending <laughs> matchups. Okay. Um, uh, we mentioned that it's a big night in the national hockey league, right? You've got the Vancouver Canucks back in action locally. We're all going to pay attention to that. The nightcap cap is the seven o'clock game. The only seven o'clock game on the slate tonight where the Edmonton Oilers will look to match the NHL's longest ever winning streak at 17 games going into Vegas. We also mentioned that the Calgary flames are playing Boston tonight and it's Andre Kuzmenko's debut. That's not it for Calgary. <laughs> Calgary tonight, which is very strange, given it's February 6th, they are going to have not one, not two, not three, but four new faces in the lineup tonight. So they're going to have Kuzmenko, yeah, who they acquired by a trade. Okay. Um, now, I want to get the pronunciation right here. Braden Pahal, who they acquired on waivers from uh, Vegas, is going to make his debut on defense. Now, if you look at his name, it's, it should be Braden Packle. It's P-A-C-H-A-L. But it, I went and looked because we're talking about pronunciation. Braden Pahal. Then you've got two guys making their season debut. Jacob Peltier, who is, uh, I believe, Daryl Sutter's favorite player. And then <laughs> right. Kevin Rooney. So you talk, I, I wonder, I just wonder if this is Kevin for, Rooney. Yeah. Not to be confused with his brother Wayne. Yeah, um, I do wonder if this is maybe like a bit of foreshadowing that the Calgary Flames are prepared to start moving on. Because if how often in the middle of the season do you have a lineup that has four new faces? And it? it didn't happen. I can see it at the beginning of the year, like, hey, you're making your your season or Flames debut here, but they're doing this coming out of the All Star break. Are the Flames going to suck for a while?
0: Can you like how sell off? Not if Dustin Wolf says, "Like, well, uh,
1: yeah, that's a thing, right?" I he like, might actually stop them from being bad. I actually do like a couple of other
2: young players. Like Sharon Govich has been a nice find. Connor Zeri has potential, but who is the star there? Like, what what is their star power besides like besides maybe their goalie, their young goalie? Are they
0: angling to draft perhaps Jerome Ginless' son? Oh yeah, I right. I Where is that. he expected to go? Pretty high, really. Yeah. So that's kind know. of that's That'd kind of good, guy, they'll have to be, be quite poor in order to be in his range because Iggy right.
1: is a, he's one of the advisors for uh, Craig Conroy correct yeah so I'm just saying if you want to start connecting the dots and looking at the pieces the Flames have already made one massive trade uh, they are now debuting a bunch of new guys in the middle of the season they've got so many guys that they could or will trade
2: if you're Noah Hannifin you're out what reason besides money. Like they unloaded the Brinks truck for he's, you. He's gone. Would you be why would you sign he's, in Calgary?
1: He's not going to. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, I
2: there's no way. Like they he, I mean, he seems and he and, and the funny thing is he's like the only one that really makes sense for them to try yeah. to resign because well, he's still relatively, like, he's only 27.
1: When we had Randy Sportak on the show last week from the mm-hmm. Hockey News, the Calgary Flames beat writer for the Hockey News, we kind of asked, like, "What's what could possibly happen between Lindholm and the Flames to not have him traded and maybe come back and sign a contract? And he's like, you know, they could maybe make a last-ditch effort, but it feels like fait accompli. Yeah, I get the same vibes off. Hannafin. Why don't they just go through a massive rebuild and hopefully it all pans out by
2: the time they move into their new arena?
1: Well, what do you do with like the saddle Huber- dome? The saddle dome's a dump and so is the team. Yeah, I mean, that's not inaccurate. What do you do with <laughs> what do you do with Huberto and Kadri or do Honestly. you just say, hey, guys, sorry, you signed on for this. You're just going to have to go through it because you could rebuild with those two guys there. They're just onerous contracts, but at that point, you don't even really care. You could
2: easily rebuild with the way that Huberto's playing. It's like, wow, we want to be a bad team, and you are getting paid a lot of money
1: to help out. Yeah, you're doing a great you're job. That, of you're yeah. like
2: the the most expensive tank commander
1: in NHL history. And maybe you could make a, a cadre deal work if he decided he wanted to go elsewhere. I mean, I don't know who's taking on that money, but... The um, term. It's the term. Well, so, Yeah. It's so. crazy. Uh, anyway. He's signed till he's almost 40. The Flames are debuting four new guys tonight, including... And by the way, I do hope that Andrew Kuzmenko rediscovers his game and does well in Calgary. I wish him all the best. Moo cow. Ah.
0: Laddie, you're up. What we learned. Coming out of Florida, the Panthers have announced that the Panthers sub is now available at Publix. The sub includes honey, chicken tenders, bacon, crispy fried dill pickles, and the customer's choice of cheese. So So my question to you guys... If the Vancouver Canucks had its own sub, what would it consist of?
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. I should have given you
0: more time to get no, no, some okay. answers.
1: But... Would you have to go with some sort of seafood, fresh or canned, I suppose, because it's like a, sub, a salmon sub? A sub because of where we're at, right? Yeah.
0: What do orcas eat? I guess salmon, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, whale fin, maybe? Whale fin sub? Oh. Andy. Oh, they're <laughs> not Andy. An angel, are they? Dear God. And Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's a blubber sub. Yeah. yeah. Um... By the way, uh, I think it would have to be like a sushi sub or something. Sushi sub? That'd be good. What about a tuna fish? Sure. Clatch used to get so angry when I called it tuna fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like non-bread. It's redundant. Yeah, it's it's redundant. redundant.
1: Everyone knows what a tuna is, right? You don't call it a salmon fish sandwich. I'm like, that's true. You don't. Uh, by the way, hot honey chicken tenders, bacon crispy fried dill pickles. That sounds really good. I'm really intrigued. I have no idea what that has to do with the Florida pan. Pickles pandas. and
0: chicken. I don't know. Something about the pickles on the chicken. I don't, I can't mesh with that. Oh, that's the
1: thing. I know.
0: Yeah. I, I don't like that.
1: It's the it's the tanginess of the dill against the spice of the hot honey. Mm, I'm yeah. a pickle
0: guy too, so it's Are surprising you? to me. I surprise myself sometimes. Are You
1: a gherkin guy? <laughs> All right. Oh yes. You're a pickle guy. Let's give us God a he moo cow. Is a guy? Please,
2: please God. Uh, we'll uh, read some listener some uh, read some listener submissions coming up next, and hopefully they're better than that one. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
0: Hitting the most important topics for Vancouver sports fans. The People's Show with Vic Nizar. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now
2: for my favorite part of the
1: show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead.
0: Is what we learn
1: time it's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 833 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, SportsNet at 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today we are in hour three of the program. It is. What We Learned time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers. Is the expertise of Campbell and Pound? Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound.com today. Okay. Uh, we're going to get right to the humanoids here. We did our What We Learned. You learned so much. Dot Matrix is fired up. What we learned, humanoid edition, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Every day this week, we're giving away a pair of tickets to the Rugby Sevens tournament, February 23rd to 25th at BC Place, one of the best sporting events on the annual Vancouver calendar. Jason has the winner. Take it away, Jason. Uh, the winner is KB
2: from TB. So I don't know if that is Tampa Bay or Thunder Bay or Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Brady or Tubercul- hopefully, hopefully tuberculosis. Hopefully not tuberculosis. Hopefully not. Uh, what we learned. I, we I like this one. That. I learned. Uh, I learned the NHL All Star Game is just for kids and Andy, but the AHL All Star Game performances are what truly matter. That's right, and that is a good opportunity to once again congratulate Canucks prospect Archief Baines for earning the most valuable player honors Monday night in the AHLs. All-star challenge. Two goals and three assists scored the winner with 12.9 seconds left, so he's clutch as well. Do you think the uh I, I didn't watch the AHL All-Star game. Do you think they try harder? Yes. You know who else started? They're so, like hitting and fighting out Yeah. There. There's like <laughs> Please eight. get me so, out of this league. So many Several b-
0: bench clearing
3: brawls, <laughs> so many slashing penalties. I noticed Sorry, during ahead. the
0: skills competition, I don't know if they did this in the NHL one, but they actually take the glass out in the, in the by the really yeah, in the zones of the arena and then players will mingle with the fans and sign autographs throughout the whole thing. That was kind of so cool. So, you watched the
1: AHL? I didn't
0: watch it. Oh, okay. I just saw a clip. I was so going to so say, that. I
1: didn't notice anything because I did not yeah. watch it. I knew that Archdee Baines couldn't participate in the skills competition because of travel issues. So, he only got in for the All Star. You know who else started the All Star game yesterday? Who? Oh. Uh, Adam Gaudet. Oh, nice. Good yeah. Time. So, just Canucks littered at the AHL All Star game, which is good. Also,
0: former Coquitlam Express goaltender Clay Stevenson. I did not a know great that. Great showing.
1: Sounds like you paid a lot of attention to the All Star
0: weekend. I didn't pay attention to the All Star game, but I do pay
1: attention to the league. So. Yeah. I would like,
2: To see Baines in an NHL game this season.
1: I'd like to see him get rewarded. Maybe you do one of those late in the year where like the playoff position's already sewn up and mm-hmm. you know you got like two games left in the regular season. You're just kind of playing out the string and you're giving guys a rest. Yeah. Give him yeah, it's a give, give him a reward for what he's done. Like I, he has the Canucks are gonna be playing for the president's trophy, man. They're not gonna be playing out the string. No, this is after they clinched it. Oh, after they clinch right. everything, yeah, after yeah. they clinch everything, yeah, yeah, right. The best record in NHL history. They do all that stuff, and then, <laughs> like, you know what? Let's give our steep again. Um, I, I, we've already talked about this, but um, I do think that there's value in what I will now refer to as. The Hoaglander plan, mm-hmm. which is no matter how well he's doing, yeah, stay, down there. stay down there and keep thriving.
2: And right? be part of the team that you've been on and go into the playoffs, go into the Calder Cup playoffs and, and try and win a title down there. 100%. Uh, uh, Scott, with what we learned, the Rugby Sevens are basically second Halloween, but unfortunately for A Dog, no one is handing out candy. Only tickets for public intoxication. Yeah,
1: that's it. You know what? The rugby sevens crowd is no candy at the rugby sevens. Is that what you are saying? Not like readily available. Uh, If someone is some eye candy. If someone offers you candy, like I would reject it. (laughs) Just (laughs) we noticed Andy never
0: made it home for the rugby (laughs) sevens last night. (laughs)
2: Hey, buddy, you want some candy? The rugby sevens crowd is like very well behaved for how intoxicated they are. Mm -hmm. I think they're just like experienced drinkers. Like I've been doing this for a while. I've been playing rugby. Well,
1: there's also there's a. Fundamental difference between day drinking and night drinking. and Day drinking usually leads to early on, early off. What? Early on, okay. early off. Oh, right, okay. You know, you're, you're done by like... I've f- never heard that phrase when it comes to drinking. Yeah, well, if you start it, I mean, if you start in the morning, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with a, an older crowd. Um, it's not that old. Anything over 30. I would put yeah, it. There's a lot
2: of youngsters. there. Yeah,
1: but I'm just saying. There's, there's a l- lot of drunk 14 year olds running around. All right, <laughs> we're losing focus here. I mean, you've gone before. You're like yeah, yeah. 3:30 rolls around. You're like it may be a nap. I'm I'm nap. To yawning. It may be a nap. It may also be bedtime. I'm, oh, not, sure I'm yeah. not sure what it's. Nap time. I'm not sure what it's going to be. You. Everyone's been through seven nap. o'clock at night. I'm like, I think I'm hungover. Right. You wake up and you're like, I should just go back to sleep. So there's that. Um, by the way, the Canucks uh, sub. So you had the, the Publix in Florida has the, the Florida Panthers sub. What would the Canucks one be? We are very much overlooking the fact that it has to be uh, Swedish meatballs topped with American cheese, just based on the roster composition, right? Mm-hmm. Five Swedes. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, five Swedes. Good old Canadian bread. Is there no Canadian bread? I guarantee no. you that. No, no, no. no. The coach? No, no, no! It's, He's
0: the thing holding it all together. He's how the many structure. Canadians are
1: on the team? Is it is three?
2: Like Susie is Susie Canadian? Susie's Susie, Canadian, right?
1: Susie Juleson and Friedman, right? And the coach. That's it, right? You can't count the coach. You got to just do active roster. Five Swedes and I believe ten Americans. Mm-hmm. Is this the most American team in the NHL? I haven't done the roster breakdowns. I'm sorry. It's got to be one of them, but it's got to be right. So we it's Besser, Cole, Demko, DeSmith. Garland Hughes, Joshua Lafferty, Miller, Myers. It's getting But less Myers is kind of Canadian. It's getting less Russian. Yes, we're down to <laughs> McKay, Evans, Zadorov. Yeah. Um yeah, like it's this is definitely that, that so that's the answer. So back to we the sub. It. Right, back to the sub. <laughs> Swedish meatballs with melted American cheese. I answered the question. It's not bad, actually. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. Good. yeah. Sweet, uh, Swedish meatball sub, very unhealthy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That would be the American part of the <laughs> diet. Yeah.
1: Wildly artery clogging. Uh, uh Colin lack, lack of her. description, the Patrick Alvine part of it would be, This wouldn't give you a lot of information. It's yeah. Very underdescribed. I'm not telling you what's in it. Yeah. yeah. Let's figure it out. What else is on the sub? It's a sandwich.
2: Yeah. Uh, Colin and Tawasa, and what we learned Toby Keith passed away, the originator of a favorite Halbro saying, I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. For it oh, you be- got it right. Yeah, while well, well, I was I'm able to just read up. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just up. It, it. I still thought you screwed it up. I ain't once good as I was, but good enough. You know i saying I ain't as good as I once was, but once good. I'm good enough. as I once yeah. Fool me was once, was fool every me twice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In classic not going to fool fashion. me again. <laughs> we, we biffed on his obituary. We read it backwards. We didn't get any of it right. Also, here's one as well. Chuck in Vancouver. Hashtag WWE what we learned. Whether he was beaten to death by Ivan Drago, killed in the Predator in the middle of the jungle, falling out of a window after seeing that gator that took his hand. Nobody died in movies quite like the recently departed Carl Weathers. Ah, yeah. RIP to a legend. Uh, I forgot. He's man. I, I forgot about his time as a member of the BC Lions. They put That's out right. a bunch of tributes mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we as are. Said. He said
0: he had one stat. In his entire time, and it was a fumble recovery. Yeah, and that's great. That, I saw that. if, you, if well. you have one stat, that's a um, good one.
1: You and I as huge fans of the rest of development. He was a classic. That's right, yeah, Five, yeah. Was yeah. he the acting coach in that? And he's always like, "You got yourself a
3: stew." <laughs> 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 he was recently in uh, the Mandalorian, too.
1: Yeah, so Is that from Chuck in Vancouver?
2: Mike in Nanaimo, what we learned, uh, Hovland and Schaley golfers both withdrew from waste management and uh, not they don't work there it's a waste management tournament the tournament not the occupation yeah and I've never had a lower interest in the PGA tour but I feel like there's a big opportunity for the sport of golf to sort out the live PGA saga after the Super Bowl and really bring back golf fans leading into the Masters I think I think you're being a bit optimistic about how quickly all that can I ask you a question the live money will not go into the PGA tour until it clears all the regulators
1: and it may not clear it can I ask you a question yes you can Um, I saw some rumblings on the Twitter machine and this is all just like speculation but uh, a lot of people were trying to tie Victor Hovland's withdrawal from the waste management to his eventual defection to live I would be shocked by that okay absolutely shocked And I would that's call... Why, that's why I asked.
2: Because he always he always said, like, money's not important to me, right? Like, he's the guy that lives in small-town Oklahoma still, and he's like, money goes a long way here. Stillwater? I would... Eat. Yeah, it is. Um, I, So I'd be shocked by that, but I guess I maybe shouldn't be shocked about anything that happens in golf anymore. What we learned unsigned, I like this one, um, Elias Lindholm, Elias Petterson, and Ilya Mikheyev... All have the same first name in different languages. Elias in Sweden means of Elijah, and Ilya in Russia means of Elijah. Hmm. It also means, uh, it is obviously religious, uh, the Lord is my God. And I'm throwing around the idea of calling it the Lord is my God
0: line. Think that's too much? Too (laughs) heavy-handed? You got to yell that when they score. I feel like we can exclaim. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it rolls off the tongue. It, yeah. yeah. Batch just
1: be like, and there's the Lord is my God line added again. Um, the only thing I re- Every time I see the Elijah. Favorite line in Abbotsford. Yeah. It's very popular. The further east. Um, every time I see Elijah. Did you ever watch Roseanne when you were growing up? Yep. Uh, so there were... <laughs> A random aside, there was anyway, k- there was a kid in DJ's class named Elijah, and he was very like peculiar and he used to sing to himself. So, Dan and Roseanne used to call the kid Elijah Minnelli, <laughs> and then they realized that they needed the kid's mom for some sort of like business venture, they needed to be DJ to be friends with him, and so they get home from school one day and uh, DJ's gotten in trouble at school because he's called the kid Elijah Minnelli and the mom is like, where did you get that from? And he looks at his parents and the parents are like, don't say a thing. <laughs> we'll discuss this later. <laughs> Roseanne was such a good show.
2: It was great. Remember when they all get baked? Yeah, that was a good That one. was incredible. Liam in Calgary, what we learned? DJ. <laughs> DJ. It's such a <laughs> weird name. DJ. Liam in Calgary, what we learned? I learned that I get excited for Eastern road trips. Having a job that gets me out of bed at 4.45 a.m., Canuck homestands are exhausting. 8 p.m. starts, and heaven forbid it goes to OT. The 5, 6 p.m. starts on Eastern road trips are my absolute favorite. I guess I'm getting old and value my sleep much more than I ever used to.
1: I don't love a a 4 o'clock start. I don't. There's just a lot going on, especially if you've got kids or you've got, you know, a real job, unlike one that ends at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's just, it's tough. You know, it's tough to get anywhere by 4 o'clock. Traffic's hell. You know, you're trying to race around and prep your night. There's a lot that goes into the evening. I I I love a. you know what I I don't even mind a seven thirty start. Mm-hmm. I know it's late. I know some too people are gonna be blary-eyed in the morning, too late but for me. you can sit down, you can be like, Okay, I've accomplished a variety of things throughout the evening. Now it's time to sit and watch the game.
2: Tom and Surrey, what we learned, Cliff Kingsbury has been hired as the new O. C. with the commanders, starting the rumors of Washington drafting Caleb Williams. There's a really um, interesting piece in The Athletic about how the Washington Commanders ended up with Dan Quinn. You mean how they settled for Dan Quinn? Yeah. I mean, it was written almost as a, an excuse for why the the Commanders ended up with Dan Quinn, and it kind of throws Ben Johnson under the bus for how he operated. Um, so apparently... <laughs> The commander's brass was on a flight from the Washington, D.C. area to Michigan to meet with Ben Johnson. The
1: offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions.
2: To essentially offer him the job. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he texted them while they were in the air that he's like, eh, I'm going to stick with Detroit. Uh-huh. And, and, and and like it was written up in the story as like, that's how you ruin your reputation operating like that. And anyway, it's a it's a long piece. And I was reading the comments afterwards and a lot of it was like, wow, these journalists are really carrying water for the Washington Commanders franchise. And, you know, the Commanders franchise, which has new ownership, but still like there's this lack of trust in the organization as a whole. And I think the fan base there was disappointed that they got Dan Quinn, right? And they're like, this is a retread. Um, this yeah. isn't a new young head coach well, like, was- like a Ben Johnson or like, or like, uh, Mike McDonald, the, the young coach that the Seahawks ended up getting and it. And it was like, they had, they wanted a young,
1: they wanted a young coach. Yeah. Right. But they ended up with Dan Quinn. Well, they, well, they, cause you know who used to work there. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Mm. And they didn't ascend to the throne in Washington and went on to have great success elsewhere. So they wanted to kind of undo that mistake and be like, we should get a good, the next young, great coach. And all it really came down to that piece was that their, their first two choices were McDonald and um, Ben Johnson. And they didn't get either one of them. They had to settle for Dan Quinn. The interesting thing, and I think part of the reason that it had that sort of apologetic, this isn't our fault tone. Right. Is because it really wasn't? It sounded like, and if you're going to be earnest about it, they did try to do things the right way. They hired, remember, they hired Bob Myers, the mm-hmm. former general manager of the Golden State Warriors to come in and help this executive search. Yeah. Hire the general manager. And there manager. was also
2: a little tidbit about that yeah. that ben wasn't too impressed with those guys he was like these or maybe it was Mike McDonald I can't remember who it was it was one of those two you have to read the article but as I spread misinformation but like <laughs> yeah one of the guys one of the young guys who interviewed was like these guys are basketball guys and I don't respect their football opinions
1: and it's a very complex situation because the Dan Snyder ownership era was so toxic and so bad that it's almost like well these guys are trying to do things the right way and it didn't work out but they still should be lauded for trying to do things the right way, unlike how Snyder did it. Um, anyway, it's I'm a sorry, good article. Sorry to go back to the Elijah thing, but a couple of different texters texting this in, the name Elijah and Elijah Wood, Frodo, Lord of the Rings. Yes. A couple of people suggested Lord of the Rings. As the line Oh lion. man Lord of the Rinks That's not terrible It's a huge stretch Because you really have to explain it
2: Someone texted in The Legion
1: of God line I'm like yes <laughs>
2: Legion of God Ilya
1: Mikheyev is going to have to
2: Hold up his end of the bargain the mom, Every time they right? line For the off, Legion they, of God Every time
3: they line <laughs> For the
1: face off They all pray together Yeah the <laughs> moment Bow yeah. their heads I don't know Is this blasphemy? Every so, time they is score is Where's your God It's now. like Ned Flanders yeah. Bowling team It's like that style The Holy Rollers yeah, Holy <laughs> 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 The Holy Rollers <laughs> The Holy Rollers That's a great line That's not bad. (laughs) Uh,
2: JD, the jerk. What we learned, I learned that the 49ers have been hit with a huge disadvantage with the UNLV outdoor practice field sawed directly on top of turf unusable. I haven't learned how they in the NFL have decided to resolve the issue. Yeah. The 49ers just can't, can't stop their turf issues. They had issues for years at their stadium in Santa Clara. And now apparently there's an issue with the practice field. Um, so they just laid grass over...
1: Turf? Does over work? Turf? You can do that? Apparently not. I think it takes a little bit more science. I'm not sure. Uh, I got one here from Tom and Surrey on the subject of the Super Bowl. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Canucks insider and jambalaya enthusiast Moj connected the dots between Travis Kelsey and Zach Caleros. Travis admitted that when they were roommates, he neglected to pay their power bill, leaving them in the dark. Uh yeah, that's interesting. So Moj managed so it was Media Day yesterday. Moj is down at the Super Bowl for those that are unaware. His show uh, refresh my memory, Laddie. When does the Moj Super Bowl? Ten
0: to midnight.
1: Every day this week. Every right? day.
0: Yep. So All week.
1: Travis Kelsey, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. That's some, a good get. A somewhat well, he 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 didn't get the one on one. He was in the scrum, but he oh, managed obviously. to get this question that elicited probably the most engaging response. From Travis Kelsey, because him and Zach Caleros were teammates at University of Cincinnati together. Okay. Um, And and they're still buddies? Yeah. I mean, that was before Patrick Mahomes was throwing Travis Kelsey passes. It was old Zach Caleros, right? right? So, um, Moj has a way, man. He just, he knows- Hey, Travis. <laughs> yeah. If you yell loud enough. Uh, Kelsey's like, you're gone. Okay, I'll take that guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> um, just a him with a salmon. <laughs> so I don't I, who threw, who who threw, threw that? It
2: was me. I have a question about Zach Gelleros. <laughs> Why
1: is this cigar lit? And it threw me right at the face. Um, so Moj has been doing this for two decades now. <laughs> He knows the Super Bowl routine. And here's the thing now. He's been doing this long enough. The Super Bowl knows Moj. Like, Moj goes down there. He's the only one allowed to light a cigar. (laughs) And everyone's like, that's just Moj. You just got to let him do his thing, right? Did you see his tweet the other day? It went sort of viral. He He was complaining about
2: how expensive Vegas is. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. Vegas is very expensive.
1: Vegas used to be the not cheap... Not cheap, but there was used. value there though because there they, there. they they would give
2: things out so people would gamble. Now you, you could also, pay for everything, man. You could also, unless fi- you're a
1: high roller, you could also find I and mean, again, yeah, not cheap but affordable lodging, and you could find ways to make it an affordable vacation. That is completely out the window. Vegas is ungodly expensive now. Uh, basketball, Phil. The Seahawks are hiring Jim Harbaugh's
2: son Jay to coach special teams. Apparently, guess he doesn't want to work for his dad either. So. Let me get this straight. Yeah. The Seahawks have hired Jim Harbaugh's son, Jay. Yes. The Huskies have hired Bill Belichick's son, Steve. Stephen Belichick, yep. And the Huskies have also hired Pete Carroll's son,
1: Brennan. That is correct.
2: Okay, Uh, I'm hoping that like Belichick and Pete Carroll, because they're not working as head coaches next season, they're going to like
1: volunteer to help out the Huskies. So, yeah, that's the connection, right? Like in Belichick, the younger Belichick's defense, uh, he actually worked. What's the guy's name? Jed Fish, right? Yeah worked with Jed Fish before Mm -hmm. so there's actually a relationship there as opposed to Jed being like hey are you Bill Belichick's kid Uh, so but the the Pete Carroll thing I think that this is all about getting these guys on speed dial Jed Fish is a great name it is what was the guy's name from uh, Carolina Walt Ruff Walt Ruff, That's yeah, good. You know exactly what you're getting with Jed Fish. There's well, just nothing. Weights and fish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy's name is like, there is definitely a
2: Jed involved in there. Oh, yeah. Probably involved in the chase. Absolutely. Get my shotgun. It's in the pickup truck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got to get out of here for today, but we will be back for tomorrow. Enjoy the return of Canucks Hockey tonight. A reminder. Download all three hours of the podcast of the Halford and Bruff Show. Great interviews with Greg Wachinski, uh, Don Waddell, the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, and Brandon Batchelor, the play by play voice of the Vancouver Canucks. For now, though, we got to say goodbye. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.